night. Yeah, Steve's essentially a dad for me. You know, um, not only spiritually, but has been a, a great example for me throughout my, just my life. You know, met him at 18 and, and uh, got saved. He shared the gospel with me. I got saved. You guys can look back at some older messages and see my uh, testimony and the influence that he has had on me. Um, not having a dad, you know, and growing up. The Lord being my father has established these people in my life to, to help me grow into something hopefully useful for him. You know, that's, the, that's the hope. I mean, we're all here to be useful for the Lord, and for sure. Um, but let's do some housekeeping, right? So we have our memory verse. We did the creed, which is great. And we have our memory verse for today. There's a lot of stuff you guys have to be involved in at church. Um, so Proverbs, it's Proverbs 1, 5 through 7 still. And then uh, that is not the right one. It's close. Do you do all of them? We do all of it? Oh, where have I been? <laughs> I've been here. No, not, not here, but up there. Um, <clears throat> okay, well, let's do all of it then. All right, so if you guys want to, should we stand? Yeah, let's stand. Yeah. Speaking of the Catholic thing, you know. <laughs> Um, okay, so uh, let's read it together. These are the Proverbs of Solomon, David's son, king of Israel. Their purpose is to teach people wisdom and discipline, to help them understand the insights of the wise. Their purpose is to teach people to live disciplined and successful lives, to help them do what is right, just, and fair. These Proverbs will give insight to the simple, knowledge and discernment to the young. Next. All right. Let the wise listen to these Proverbs and become even wiser. Let those with understanding receive guidance by exploring the meaning in these Proverbs and parables, the words of the wise and their riddles. Fear of the Lord is the foundation of true knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and discipline. Amen. All right, you guys can sit, yeah. <clears throat> All right, so um, as we have been going through the, the summer of Proverbs, we're, uh, we're going to continue that, you know, and just keep going, just keep going, as I've heard somebody who I admire say. Um, but uh, anyway, so, so uh, in, in trying to prepare something that is um, kind of broad enough to encapsulate what Proverbs is really, um, like, like it's, it's uh, utilitarian nature. Like there's a use for Proverbs, and we saw it, we just read it. It's to make us more wise, it's to make us discerning, it's to, um, to help us live lives that are useful and in line with God and, and His plan and what He wants for us. And so, um, and we've heard messages the last number of weeks and, and it's been that kind of thing with a fear of the Lord and understanding what that is and understanding what wisdom is and understanding all of those things. And so as I was preparing, I was, I, I, I was thinking about how Proverbs is laid out. And there's that consistent, you know, you, when you read one um, chapter of Proverbs, you might be reading, what, 30 different sayings, right? That are, that are wisdom. And then it shows the wisdom and the folly. You know, and it usually does that. It's in general. And so I'm going through it and I'm like, man, there's so many traits here that are 
the traits that we want to see in our lives as people who belong to Christ. And those traits, they're so numerous. I'm like, how do I break this down? I can't, I don't want to pick one trait, but I did. Um, but I think it, this one trait, everything else kind of falls in line with it. And um, so let's uh, put up, uh, I have two verses, and I could have really used any number of verses. I think there's 37 or 38 times this word is used in Proverbs, depending on the translation that you're, you're reading. Uh, but uh, the verses are Proverbs 11.5. So you'll find I, I was in Proverbs 11 a lot, and 12. Um, but Proverbs 11.5, it says, The righteous, righteousness of the blameless keeps his way straight, but the wicked falls by his own wickedness. And Proverbs 12.28, In the path of righteousness is life, and its pathway and in its pathway, there is no death. And so this term that I wanted to bring up was this term righteousness. And I, 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 it is a, big, is a big word that can be very abstract and very hard to understand. As a matter of fact, in the ancient Hebrew, that term for righteousness, which is uh, sadiq, I think it is, I don't know how to say it. I'll butcher the darn ancient Hebrew. I haven't brushed up on my ancient Hebrew for a while. But, uh, but that term is Sadiq. And, it, it um, and it's always, in all of the ancient Hebrew, it's always um, abstract. And so to get a more concrete idea of what that word means, we have to look at things that are paralleled with it, whether they're paralleled as an opposite or they're paralleled as something you know, that goes along with that. And uh, so we'll do that, but before we get into that, let's lift this up, right? Let's lift the message up to the Lord. Almighty God, I am uh, continually humbled and uh, grateful for what you have done in my life, what you've done in the lives of the people in your, in your church, and uh, for your grace, for your patience and forgiveness for your consistent call to, uh, to draw us into a place that is not only um, glorifying to you, but is good for us. And um, so grateful, Lord, that, um, that you have taken us out of the darkness and placed us on a path to life and abundant life. And, uh, and if we stay on that path, we'll be as fruitful as possible. So praise you, Father. I pray, God, that you would please work through your word today, that we would all be moved. We would all grow a little bit in you and become more of the new men and women that you want to make us, Lord. So I praise you, Father. Thank you. In the name of Jesus, amen. Okay. So as I said, I could have chosen a number of different things you know, to go with, but I chose this term righteousness. Um, but I want to look at uh, some of the things throughout Proverbs as I was going through them. And this will come into play later. <clears throat> but we see things like trustworthiness, graciousness, integrity, kindness, blamelessness, generosity, honesty, hope, understanding. You know, and I, I was uh, talking to somebody this morning about that term understanding. I think this is kind of useful for us because I know when I read Proverbs, because everything is... Um, knowledge, wisdom, you know? It's like, oh, so when I see understanding, I see, well, that just means that I understand things better. Like, I have better, um, 
just, just like mental kind of thing going on. But it's more than that. To be understanding is to be compassionate, to be sympathetic. It's comprehending someone's situation. You know, so it's kind of hopefully, you know, can, okay, you know, maybe Proverbs isn't only about what's up here. You know, it's about what's in here, what's going on in our lives there. Um, But we also have the benefits and fruit of each one of these things. If we look at humility in Proverbs 11.2, it says, when pride comes, then comes disgrace, but with the humble is wisdom. And you can read so many of these Proverbs and read those kind of things. What is the fruit of the, that, that character trait that we should be seeing in our lives? There's fruit to each one of those things. There's also the negative if we don't do those things. If we're proud, then the opposite comes and we get destruction. It says in uh, Upright, Proverbs 11, 11. Like I said, I was in Proverbs 11 a lot. Um, By the blessing of the upright, a city is exalted, but by the mouth of the wicked, it is overthrown. And then we see just. Proverbs 11.1, a false balance is an abomination to the Lord, but a just weight is his delight. When we're just, we are delighting the Lord. You know, so we see that. Um, And that's, that's so important for us to not just open up the book of Proverbs. We talk about like, you know, we can read um, a chapter, right, for each day of the month, essentially. Because there's 31 chapters, and there's 31 days in most months. And we can kind of get through Proverbs. But I would encourage everyone to read each of those things for what it says. And then examine yourself. We can examine ourselves to see, how, how does this line up with me? You know, am I being just? Am I seeing fruit of those kind of things? Am I seeing the fruit? Or am I seeing the things that are the, um, the wage, the wages? You get wages either way. Am I seeing the bad wages? You know, it's a good indication of kind of where we're standing, you know, where we're at. And so I think that, that it's important for us to do that. Um, so these, this list of attributes of God and a character we should be representing, um, they continue throughout the whole book. So, like I said, the, the character quality of righteousness can be pretty abstract. And as I was doing a study on it, I've heard a number of different definitions for it. One of them, which I think still remains pretty abstract, is um, right-intentionedness. You know, I've heard that. And for me, it's hard for me to get a hold of that. And what do I do with that? You know, is my intention right? Like, how does that work? Let it, what does that really look like in a daily kind of walk sense? And maybe you guys see that. Maybe you guys grasp that. For me, it's not that concrete, so it's hard for me to get a hold of. So I was like, okay. And now, if it's hard to get a hold of, it's hard to get a hold of. I don't want to make things say what I want them to say so that it fits my, <laughs> like, what I want, you know? But, um, but I feel like a lot of God's word is, if not all of God's word is to be able to be useful for us to grow into the image of Christ. And so I try and look, how does this, how was, how does that fit? And so I was looking through some ancient, again, ancient Hebrew. I found a really cool study on it and what was going on back then and what the culture was like and all of that. And it has everything to do with this term righteousness and the definition that 
I think makes the most sense to me, and it seems to fit, is that it's right wayness or being on the right path. Righteousness is being on the right path. And so now that, to me, is a little more concrete because now I can look and say, okay, what's the right path? You know, it's not based on my intention, but now it's based on the path. So if I'm on the right path, that to me is something I can get a hold of. And, the, the, uh, and then that, that the verses today suggest a path of righteousness, a straight path, and you'll see that term. In Proverbs 11.5, the righteousness of the blameless keeps his way straight, but the wicked falls by his own wickedness. In the original, like I said, the word is tzaddik, I think. Probably, <laughs> it's close, it's close. Um, and, uh, but again, it's abstract. But we see that um, if we, if we, we can kind of get a better idea, again, like I said, on, based on the parable or the parallel opposites and the parallels that are used in the scriptures. So in Psalm uh, 32, 11, it says, be glad in the Lord and rejoice, O righteous, and shout for joy, all you upright in heart. If we look at that, we see righteousness and uprightness tied together a lot through, the, uh, um, through Proverbs, through Psalms, through Proverbs, through the pro- poetic writings. We see those tied together. So we can get an indication that maybe they, those two being tied together so, so frequently that there's a, a similar meaning to it. The word upright, it means straight. It means a straight path. It's straight. So we can take that. We can also see a parallel in the opposite. In Psalm 37, 17, it says, For the arms of the wicked shall be broken, but the Lord upholds the righteous. And we see that, that parallel throughout the poetic writings. Wickedness, righteousness. Wickedness, righteousness. It's, the, it's, it's throughout. It's, 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 uh, it's consistent, but it's not always the case. But that term wicked, rasha, in its verb form means to depart means to get off of the path. And I think that that is so cool because again, it helps me get a sense of this concrete nature of what righteousness looks like. Because if we use that, then if wickedness is to depart and righteousness is to be on the path, then we see the opposite there. And it makes sense. You know, So being um, a righteous one or righteous person is one who is walking on the good path. And we'll get into that a bit. <clears throat> so Psalm 18:21, for I have kept the ways of the Lord and have not wickedly departed from my God. And then historically, the ancient Hebrews were nomadic people also. So they would follow these paths to go from watering holes, to go to campsites, to do these things. They would go from, from pasture to pasture. They would follow the paths. These paths were were beaten down for them. They knew where everything was. If they stayed on the path, they were going to get to where they were hoping to get to. That is the righteous path. They weren't always easy paths, but they were paths. And they were good paths. Because the good path takes you to the end of what you want. That's where we want to go, right? So it's kind of cool when you start to look at the culture and look at how that is. We have to be so careful in our study because we can take words and read them in a very Western Hellenistic kind of way and 
read into our read into that word our understanding of that word understandings of the words change useful uses of those words change and i think it's good to dig in dig in a little bit and see okay how does this really fit because again i believe god's word is so is so excellent god's word is perfect and his word is given to us so that we can grow to be like him and if there are so many things that we can't get a hold of, how are we going to grow by that? You know, how do we grow by esoteric kind of things that it's like, yeah, it sounds good. You know, that's a Christian thing. That's, that's awesome. But it's real. It's, it's, a, it's living. It's alive. It wants to change us. You know, so, um, <clears throat> so the righteous one, as I said, is the one who stays on the right path and does not depart from the way of God. So, in Psalm 18.30, it says, This God, His way is perfect. The word of the Lord proves true. He is a shield for all those who take refuge in Him. So what does the, the path of righteousness look like? And that brought me to this kind of idea as I'm going through reading the Proverbs. And I'm seeing all of these individual statements. It's like... To me, that is, it's like a, it, that is the path. That is a clear path. If we want to look like Christ, we stay on the path of righteousness, and it's laid out for us in Proverbs. We have such a great understanding. It's such a good way for us to say, hey, am I, am I still on the right path? You know, am I seeing the things that in my life, the benefits of these these, the, the, the character qualities, or am I seeing the negative things of not having those character qualities? It keeps us, keeps us on that path. Um, so if we look at Proverbs 4, 20 through 27, um, we see that the first thing that the path is, is that it's straight. Proverbs 4, 20 through 27, my son be attentive to my words, incline your ear to my sayings. Let them not escape from your sight. Keep them within your heart, for they are life to those who find them and healing to all your flesh. Keep your heart with all vigilance, for from it flow the springs of life. Put away from you crooked speech and put devious talk far from you. Let your eyes look directly forward and your gaze be straight before you. Ponder the path of your feet, then all your ways will be sure. Do not swerve to the right or to the left. Turn your foot away from evil. It's so interesting because there's so much language talking about being on this path. In Proverbs 3, 5 through 6, I love this. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. If we are walking on the good, straight path, we're walking in righteousness. And this path is laid out for us throughout Proverbs. Matthew 3.3, 3, I love this. This is so cool to think about like, how this stuff fits in. Matthew 3.3, 3, For this is he who was spoken of by the prophet Isaiah when he said, and this is talking about John the Baptist, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. Make his path straight. When I think about that, I'm like, that's so cool. John the Baptist was preaching a baptism of repentance. That's so cool. He's making the path straight. He's preparing the heart of the people for Christ to come and 
and make the and be be the way. That's so cool. I love that. <clears throat> All right. So again, straight doesn't necessarily mean that there are no turns. You know, and that's how we would see that term. You know, it's straight. Oh, you know, it's the shortest shortest distance between two objects, right? Um, but that's not necessarily true. You know, this word straight in Hebrew and Greek it means good or right. You know, things that are good or right. You know, so this path is good. It doesn't mean it's easy. And we'll see that. Um, <clears throat> it's so important for us to keep our eyes on the prize, which is to become like Christ. You know, when we think about what Jesus has done, he has, he has made the path for us. He has prepared that way for us. He's gone before us. You know, I picture, like if you guys haven't been or, or have been in, in uh, you know, other countries, we were in Belize on missions trips and Haiti and that. And I picture like the people when we would have to get from place to place, they'd pull out their machetes and they're hacking stuff and they're making a way for us to get through. And then I'm like, Jesus did that for us. He said, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. Follow me. Like, it's like he's already beat that path down for us. And we have, not only are we looking at him at the end of it and saying, that's where I want to be, we have the guideposts of the character that represents him all the way to him. And we become more like him as he changes us to be, to, to be new men and women. You know, we were doing in men's Bible study, um, we're doing mere Christianity. And I think Steve had possibly brought this up. Um, I don't know if it was last week or the week before. But, um, but the, the object of what Christ wants to do in us is not to make us nice people. Not to make us better than the guy next to us. But it's to make us new people. New men. New women. New. And it's, we can't make us because we, we taint what we touch. We are tainted already. So we can reform the outward appearance, but we can't change this in here. We can't change our nature. But if we belong to Him, His desire is that he, if we are willing, He will change our nature for us and we'll become like Him. And I'm jumping the gun on this, but I'm going for it. Um, and another thing, which is so cool, is that God is, and this, it's actually intimidating, but it shouldn't be. When we hear that, that passage where um, it, that it says that, uh, hold on, let me read it first. Ah, be ye perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. Who hears that and says, how in the world am I going to do that? I mean, that's just... It, but God isn't satisfied with anything less. We are not perfect people. We can't make ourselves perfect. But the perfect lives in us and is changing us to be like the perfect. And that's what we want to be. Because we need Him to change who we are. And it all comes down to just being humble and honest before Him. And surrender. Exactly. So, yeah, I jumped it a little bit. So now I'm going to be all over the place. Um, 
So I'm going to read some passages. And, and these passages are kind of, um, they're in Hebrews. And this, consistently throughout Hebrews, we're reading passages about suffering. You know, the people of God suffering. What Christ had endured for suffering. But this is the path. This is what he did for the path. Hebrews 12, 1 through 2. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Looking to Jesus. Like in that passage we read before, it says, let your eyes look directly forward and your gaze be straight before you. Looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. That's the path. He suffered to make that path for us. Hebrews 12, 12. Therefore, lift your drooping hands and strengthen your weak knees and make straight paths for your feet so that what is lame may not be put out of joint, but rather be healed. Make straight paths for your feet. Hebrews 4, 14 through, 5, through 16. Since then we have... Since then we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who is in, in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. We have Jesus, who's, our, who's the trailblazer, <laughs> he made the path for us. But it's, it took this. It took this. He gave up everything so that we could have that path to walk. And uh, Jesus said in John fourteen six, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And that term followers of Christ, I mean, think about what that means. We're following his lead. You know, if it's his, his way, right? He's the way. Well, that's the way we should be. <laughs> that's the way we should be walking. He, he made that way for us. All right. <clears throat> Second Timothy 4.7, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. The race is here now with the finish line being like him because we will see him just as he is. We'll be like him. That's the finish line. That's that perfection that God is not satisfied without. As soon as you take a step towards him and you say, God, yeah, change me in this way. He's like, okay, let's go. We're going to make you perfect. Let's get to it. You know, that's what he wants. And then this is kind of a selfish verse that I threw in here because I love this verse, but I think it fits. Second Corinthians, is there a selfish verses? 2 Corinthians 5, 5, 4, it says, For while we are still in this tent, we groan, being burdened. Not that we would be unclothed, but that we would be further clothed so that what is mortal may be swallowed up by life. What we have here is an opportunity to become like Christ. But man, when we are there, we'll be further clothed and mortality will be swallowed up by life. Life. That's what life looks like. Ah, it's so cool. 
That's the finish line. This is the victory that we have in Christ. We have our example in Jesus. He is the good way. And number two, the way is narrow and it's hard. In Matthew seven twelve through 14, so whatever you wish that others would do to you, do also to them, for this is the law and the prophets. I think this is such a great example of what a narrow and difficult path looks like. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Love others, you know, do all of those things that we know we should do. It's like, man, that's pretty narrow. That's pretty hard. And, uh, but we're called to do it. Um, there, and with a narrow path, when you think of it, like you don't really have much room to move. You know, you don't have a lot of room to kind of like, you know, I don't know, like uh, adjust much. It's like you're on the path. You better just stay on the path. It's a single file path. That's what you got. Um, and Jesus says in uh, verse 13, enter by the narrow gate. For the gate is wide and the way is easy that leads to destruction. And those who enter by it are many. For the gate is narrow and the way is hard that leads to life. And those who find it are few. I think two things that that I see there. We can either be, we can either have stringent adherence to the path or we can be indifferent. And I think that... as we're all believers here, um, I know for me, you know, for these things. And when I look at Proverbs and I read all of the, the character qualities, uh, have I been indifferent in any of those things? Have I been apathetic or not thought about it much or whatever? You know, or am I stringently adhering to the path? Am I seeing what I'm reading? And I'm taking it to heart. And I'm saying, Lord, this is what I want. I want to be this person. I want to look like Christ. I want to walk this path that you've laid out for me. And I want to adhere to it. You know? And, uh, <clears throat> and we, again, in men's Bible study, if you guys don't make it out to men's Bible study and ladies' Bible study, I encourage you guys, if you can, it's Wednesdays. This is a shameless plug. Uh, Wednesdays at 7. And it is so fruitful. It's so good. We really dig in and talk about some, some excellent things that it's not just intellectual you know, stimulation. It's growth. You know, we're growing together. And that's the goal. So I'd encourage you guys to make it out. Um, but there's, we were talking about like this. Again, I think I touched on this already. Oh, this is where I jumped a gun. Um, the interplay between our works and God's working. You know, and, uh, and in our conversation in there, and I think uh, Pastor Steve had, had brought up something that seemed to make a, a lot of sense. Um, it happens, happens pretty often. Yeah, I mean, every once in a while. Um, sorry, my nose is, is running a little bit here. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they find a nut sometimes, right? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but is that, oh, thanks. Thanks. Don't worry, I won't blow my nose inappropriate nose blowing on at the lectern um, okay is that so this there's um, there's this interplay between our works and God's working and I think everything has to do with and this goes back actually to 
the intention of things. You know, as we th- see things that don't line up with the path of righteousness, what's our intention? Is our intention um, to kind of, to, to, to see us benefit? Or is it our intention to see God's um, purpose manifest in our lives? If that's our intention, then God is willing to work through our works to change who we are. And it's not our works that do that, but it's our intention. I want to do these things that please God because I love God and I want to see Him glorified. That intention is what changes who we are. And that intention causes us to come before Him and bring ourselves in that humble submission to Him and say, Lord, change me. Lord, I, I see what I, what I am. I see those things that I don't like, that don't line up with your path, with righteousness. And I can't make me new, but you can. And we humbly present ourselves to Him and say, God, forgive me for these things. Cleanse me from this unrighteousness. If we do that, and our hearts are in that spot, man, that's where change takes place. That's where we start to look like Christ. And it's not us just legalistically, oh, I'm going to do this. You know, I, I, this will impress everybody. Look how good I am. You know, there is that though. I don't think it's here. But that's between you and God. Um, <clears throat> but, uh, but it's so cool because in 1 Samuel, um, when... Uh, God, is, God says that man looks at the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. It's all about what's in here. Like we can see the outward appearance be like, oh, oh, that's great. That's what, that, that's what I want. It's not what it's about. God looks at the heart and knows. He knows, is your heart in the right place? And if your heart's in the right place and you are taking the steps, you're serving him. I'm not saying just being hanging out and saying, oh, I just love God and I want to, you know, I just want to be like him. And then you just do nothing. Well, that's not good. It doesn't produce anything. But if you take that step, I always picture the, uh, the Israelites when they, um, the, the river is raging and they have to cross the river. And they're like, how are we going to do this? And then they take a step and the river, they took the step and then God did the work. You know, so, um, and that's what we, that's what we want to see God do. But it's that humble and honest place. Um, but it's good for us to, when we read Proverbs, I think we should go through it individually and see the fruit of either the, the thing that is, is uh, not the character of Christ and see the fruit of the character of Christ and see what do we see in our lives? You know, do we see the good fruit, do we see the bad fruit? And, um, and that will help keep us on this path. Okay, last page. Pretty good time. Um, <clears throat> now, we are constantly challenged with a desire to get off the path because our nature is to get off the path. Our nature is to be autonomous, to do what we want. To, to have things our way, to not see that sacrifice produces good things. 
You know, looking ahead and going, if I suffer now, I'll benefit later. It's hard for us, you know. It's hard for us to even save money, <laughs> you know, because of that kind of thing, you know. It's like, well, I need it now, you know. Everything's about now and what I can get out of it. Um, <clears throat> so we're continually uh, tempted to, to walk off the path. James 1.14 says, but each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire. You know, we're tempted when we are lured and enticed by our own desire. It's our own desire that wants to draw us off of that path. That's why we need to look into God's word and we need to line ourselves up with that. And regardless of how we feel or what we think, if it's in opposition to what God's character is and what his word says, then we are not in line. And that is not what we want. Um, There's always wages for our actions, right? The life, the good path. Death, the crooked path. And I think Proverbs is a map of the right path, an encouragement for staying on the path, and a warning for walking off the path. And I think if we can see it that way, it becomes a lot more practical for us you know, and reading it and digging in. Um, Dig into each statement. See if you're walking on the path or not. So to sum it up, I think Proverbs is like, it's like, uh, like the yellow brick road. Only, Only every brick has a different character quality on it. And as we walk on that, we become more like Christ and we look like him. And that's our objection, our, our objection. That's our objective. It's not our, obje- hopefully it's not our objection. Um, but that's our objective to be like him, right? You know, so that we can, uh, can glorify him with our lives and we can be the reflection of Christ in this world that we should be to see transformation in the lives of the individual and in the culture around us. I think that's what we should be about. And that's why, like God saved us. It's not, not so that we could just be saved. He has a purpose for us. So that is that. So I guess the guys are going to pull out a song. I like to, you know, not, not let them know when I'm going to end <laughs> so they can kind of guess. But, uh, but let's lift it up anyway. Let's, let's pray, huh? All right, Lord God, I just am so grateful for your excellent word and uh, for every single person here and every person in your church today who loves you throughout this world. I pray, God, for a true, true revival in your body that we would be working individually to grow up and to be, uh, to be representing this perfect image of you that we would be as good as we can be do everything to your glory that we could be walking as righteously as we can for your purpose for your glory and please change us lord please reveal to us help us examine ourselves to see where we're off and the little things Not just the big things, but all of those things because you're not satisfied with anything less than perfection. So I praise you, Father. I thank you. And uh, I lift this up to you in the name of Jesus. Amen.